0: Welcome to the Refinitive Sustainability Perspectives podcast, where our goal is to engage and inform our audience from investors to asset managers and portfolio managers to sustainability leaders and those involved in ESG and sustainable finance. This is Kisa Shreen. Today, we're going to talk about the best strategies for sustainable investing in fixed income. We've talked a lot about labeled bonds in our previous episodes, but there are other fixed income tools to explore. Here with us is James Rich, Senior Portfolio Manager of Sustainable Fixed Income at Aegon Asset Management. James, thank you so much for joining.
1: Thanks very much for having me here. I'm excited to be here.
0: So, James, I know that you believe that sustainable development goals are the UN SDGs if they're called are a guide and not necessarily a blueprint designed especially for investors. So with that said, how do you direct capital towards sustainable issuers and asset classes? Are you starting with the SDGs? Are you looking at other frameworks?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And the answer is we do start with the SDGs. Um, what we find is that they're actually helpful in identifying some of the long-term sustainable megatrends that we're trying to invest alongside of in a fixed income context. Uh, and so they're useful in that respect. I mean, they're, they're widely recognized and, and people know what they are and they understand what they are. And so, so they're helpful to kind of identify some of those megatrends. The problem with the SDGs, though, is that they were designed for policymakers and not investors. So, the, quote, investability, end quote, of the SDGs varies greatly from SDG to SDG, uh, and the targets often are sort of not even investable in any way, shape, or form. So, you know, just to give you an example, SDG number seven, which is affordable and clean energy, is highly investable. There are lots of ways within a fixed income portfolio to invest in renewable clean energy. But on the other hand, SDG number one, which is no poverty, is more difficult to invest in in a fixed income context. And and that is that there are few opportunities to invest in for-profit companies that have issued fixed income securities that are helping bring people out of poverty. Um, And so, like I said, what we do is we use the SDGs to help us identify some of these long-term sustainable megatrends that we think have uh, staying power. But ultimately, you need a proprietary research process, and you can't rely on the SDGs or um, a, and to, to kind of help you build an investment portfolio within fixed income. You have to go out and scour the markets to find specific investment opportunities.
0: So, great information, particularly about the SDGs really being more for the policymaking end. And you know what? We're going to get into those mega trends in a moment. But first of all, just to set the stage, how do you personally define sustainable investing or sustainable finance for that matter?
1: Yeah, so sustainable investing, or as we call it at Agon, sustainable themed investing is uh, part of a uh, variety of responsible investment solutions that we provide to our clients. So there's there's four main types of products. One is exclusion-based products, which is where a client comes in and says, hey, I want you to avoid sector X, Y, and Z. There are best-in-class solutions where You're actually looking for companies with the best business practices within each sector to invest in from a responsible investment or an ESG integration perspective. Uh, Impact investing, which is where you're actually trying to generate measurable environmental and or social impact and then sustainability themed which is what we're talking about here today and really the idea behind sustainable themed investing is aligning portfolios and obviously we're talking about in a fixed income context but it applies to equities as well aligning portfolios with long-term sustainable initiatives or as i said mega trends as a potential source of alpha for the portfolio
0: Great. So along with the alignment of the themes, you talk about something that I found really interesting, the sustainable domino effect. So let's start with how that happens. What's driving an increased focus on the sustainability theme investing, in your opinion, and how does that domino effect happen?
1: Yeah, and this is really why we actually think that there's a a real case to be investing sustainably and to be investing in sustainable themed strategies. So basically at the core of it is that we believe that there's an ongoing secular shift towards a more sustainable global economy. Um, If you think about consumers, just as an example, the focus on sustainability challenges today in our opinion, has never been higher than it than it is than it, than really ever in at, at any point in history. Um, so things like climate change, which I think have been well publicized over the last you know five to ten years, clearly there's a lot more focus on it today with the Biden administration in office here in the United States. Um, But then things like even even on the social side, things like racial and income inequality really came into focus in 2020 and even more so in 2021 as we get into kind of the new administration. There's a lot of focus on these sort of changes and these sustainability challenges. So yeah, your your point on, uh, we call it the sustainability domino effect, and it starts with consumers. So consumers are changing the way that they're shopping. Uh, and, and we've seen studies where two-thirds of consumers are actually willing to pay more for a sustainable good uh, versus a product that they actually believe is unsustainable. So consumers are actually, you know, they, they literally want sustainable products. Um, and we also said, saw millions of people uh, marching in support of the Black Lives Matter movement in 2020, um, which just shows, you know, sort of the, the, the focus on these issues is, is, like I said, has really never been greater. The result of that and the second domino to fall in this domino effect is that governments have no choice but to respond with policy. You're seeing that with the Biden administration today with um, having a climate czar and, and uh, rejoining the Paris Agreement and having uh, executive orders that he's signed in, in the first couple of weeks in office supporting uh, climate change and and trying to reverse it and, and, and counter it. Um, but it's been happening for years. Um, take uh, in China, there's uh, emission standards that were put in place a few years ago, the 6B emission standards that require the emissions from automobiles to be cut by 50% over the next, uh, from 2017 levels to 2023, which is reshaping entire sectors. And in, this, in that case, in particular, the auto sector. Um, so then the third domino to fall is, is businesses. Businesses have no choice but to respond to to shifting consumer tastes and demands for sustainable products and policy that's coming out of governments. They have have to adapt and they have to evolve or they won't survive. Um, And then the last domino is investors. And that's obviously what we're talking about here today. We think that increasingly people are interested in investing alongside of this sustainable megatrend. And we also think that there's alpha in doing so.
0: So let's talk about the megatrends. And I really want to start in context of those four dominoes, if you will. Um, are megatrends decided by the consumers or are megatrends decided by the governments in terms of creating the policy, the business decide. Who decides what those megatrends are? Are they just researched by the, by the big investment firms that have those research arms? Or do they come up with them some other way and then can get into what the megatrends are?
1: Yeah, megatrends can really come from any of those uh, of those areas. So like I said, you know, consumers wanting sustainable brands is forcing companies and businesses to rethink the products and services that they're offering. Governments changing <clears throat> the regulation around auto emissions is forcing the auto industry to focus on electric and hybrid vehicles and advanced biofuels as ways to power cars. And, uh, you know, so it can come from any, any number of those sources. It's, re- it's really uh, a variety of different ways that, you know, it's sort of a sustainable trend. Ultimately, our job as investment managers is to identify those trends regardless of the source, regardless if it's, a, it's coming from the consumer side or, the, or the, the policymaker side, and to identify those trends and then find ways to invest our clients' capital alongside of those trends so that our clients can benefit from them.
0: Excellent. Very clear. So in terms of what those megatrends are, is that something you, you can highlight in, in, in terms of a handful of things that now we're focusing on?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So so we organize our uh, the, the sustainable megatrends into five sustainability pillars, climate change, eco solutions, resource efficiency, health and well-being, and sustainable growth. And there's a whole host of different sustainable megatrends that we've identified under each one of those uh, sustainability pillars, but I'll give you a couple of examples. One, as I mentioned, this 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 push from a from a policymaker perspective to reduce the emissions out of automobiles is forcing a trend towards hybrid and electric vehicles, particularly driven by China, which is the largest auto market in the world today. Not that the United States doesn't have its own emission standards and the EU the same, but when the largest auto market in the world is changing emission standards, it's forcing the OEMs and the auto parts suppliers and every part of the auto chain, value chain, to move towards hybrid electric vehicles or advanced biofuels, which is another way to meet those emissions targets. So that's that's one example. Another one, I mentioned the social element, just the focus on the Black Lives Matter and social and racial inequality. Financial inclusion is something that we're seeing increasing focus on uh, from a from a financial services perspective. And so that is providing Affordable basic financial services like banking and insurance to lower and middle income groups who maybe don't have access to those or haven't had access to them at the same levels as those who uh, of uh, Americans and others who have uh, who have had access to that and and uh, you know for for the majority of their lives.
0: And if we're looking at the megatrends, my immediate thought was from the President Biden and the Build Back Better campaign that he ran on and that he continues to build out, he with Vice President Harris in terms of their administration. If we look at these megatrends in context of building back, we could think about infrastructure, right? We could think about energy. Do you think one of those would fall into the mega trends very clearly from a build back perspective, if we're just looking through that lens.
1: Absolutely. I think if you think about uh, like I said, one of the key tenants of the Biden of, of Biden's campaign and of his administration is going to be focused on climate change. One of the ways that you focus on climate change is by building infrastructure and power and um, you know, industry back in a way that supports The fight against climate change and supports adaptation from a climate change perspective so absolutely there's no doubt that infrastructure projects renewable energy projects uh, are going to be a part of the economy more and more going forward in the wake of the Biden administration.
0: Great now let's talk about again sticking with the trends and the themes I really want to get into investable themes so equity shareholders have a different way to voice their desires if you will than fixed income investors how do you identify themes that are actually investable within the fixed income universe and themes that respond to those desires of the fixed income investor specifically
1: yeah so like I said you're 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 identifying these mega trends um uh you know, like I mentioned, you know, sort of hybrid electric vehicles is one, financial inclusion is another. Then what we do is we go industry by industry and issuer by issuer and look for specific issuers that have uh, some degree of alignment with one or more of those sustainable megatrends. So what we do at Agon is we actually characterize every single one of our issuers into one of five categories, a leader, an influencer, an improver, neutral or detrimental. And for our sustainable themed strategies like sustainable fixed income, the leaders, influencers and improvers are investable and everything else is not. And then what we do is we go through each one of those investor, excuse me, each one of those investment opportunities, we categorize it into one of those five buckets, and then uh, we make a determination as to whether or not it's eligible from the categorization system.
0: Great. So, in in terms of kind of wrapping that up into the sustainable, the leaders versus the improvers. Just curious as to what would validate, um, and, and with if I have a company, if I think that I should be an a leader as opposed to an improver, what sort of data points are you looking at, and how do we know for certain that one is? an improver versus a leader? Because I'm assuming your categorization can make a huge difference in terms of how you invest, obviously, and how the general public thinks about the firm.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And ultimately, um, it's our prerogative as the investment manager to make that determination as to whether it's a leader, an influencer, or an improver. But you're right, it does matter. The other thing that's interesting to point out is that depending, when you think about multi multi-sector fixed income, each particular issuer type is different. So a corporate issuer is very different from a structured or a securitized issuer, which is very different from a sovereign issuer or a municipal issuer. So for every type of issuer, we have to come up with a proprietary way to actually categorize the issuers into one of those five categories, leaders, influencers, improvers, neutral, and detrimental. But we actually believe to your point, um, there there are really, important reasons why both leaders, which would be a company that's uh, uh, later on in its transition and in fact is actually you know, truly industry leading from a sustainability perspective to be in our portfolio as well as improvers, which are earlier on in their sustainability transition and maybe have made a commitment to it, but haven't actually you know, finished making that full transition to be sustainable.
0: Great. And so we're looking at the categorization there regarding those categories, leaders, improvers, et cetera. And I want to look at the categories related to the sectors. And if you take a similar approach in terms of corporates and then sovereigns, and then the securitized debt, do you look heavily in one particular area? Do you find that there's opportunity that is across all of those areas? Or what is the thought behind how we look at the sectors?
1: Yeah. So for each for each type of issuer, so let's just take corporates for example. Um, typically, what we will do is we'll look at the percentage of revenues that are aligned with one or more of the sustainable initiatives or those sustainable megatrends that we talked about earlier on. So we're looking for the revenue alignment. How much of the the, the company's products and services are actually aligned with those sustainable initiatives. And then that revenue percentage helps us categorize whether it's a leader, an influencer or an improver. When you look at a structured or a securitized vehicle, it's a little bit different because they don't have revenues. It's a pool of of assets. It's a pool of collateral essentially. And and in many cases, it's a fixed pool of, of collateral. There, what we typically would do is look at the percentage breakdown of the pool of collateral and again, it's not revenues, but it's it's assets looking at how much of that pool of assets is aligned with one or more of those sustainable initiatives and then using that to put it into one of those five categories leaders influencers improvers neutral and detrimental um and then sovereigns it's even it's even um it's even different uh, more different than than corporates and then structured um there we're looking at capital usage um how effective the government is how much they're how how good they are at representing the people's interests is it a free economy um you know a variety of different uh metrics both from a qualitative and a quantitative perspective to determine ultimately how aligned the sovereign government is and the policies that are that are in place with long-term sustainable initiatives. So really different, right. it, it kind of differs uh, according to the type of issuer that you're looking at.
0: Great, so the type of visual really leads to the thought process around which approach to take. James, Rich, great conversation from really starting to think about how sustainable investing is defined. Start with exclusion-based products versus best in class, those products that really focus on responsible investing. Then there's impact investing, and then finally sustainable theme investing. To so one of the very interesting points around the sustainability domino effect. It starts with the consumers changing the way they're shopping, then the government's responding with policy. And finally, the businesses making the shift and investors and the megatrends can come from any of these sources. James, great conversation. Thanks so much for sharing your insights.
1: Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it.
0: We invite you to subscribe to the Refinitive Sustainability Perspectives podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your content. What did you think about the podcast? Leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on linkedin and twitter for updates on our show you can even check us out on youtube now thank you for joining see you next time